A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Welcome to Work-Life Imbalance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Easton. And I'm your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. Today, we'll be talking about not-so-voluntary giving in the deep dive before we address some audience questions and issues from the internet. But first... Time for the daily stand-up. So the thing I wanted to talk about today, Derek, was what would I do without you? Uh, probably have a an intellectual podcast that is not so full of fart jokes. So, like, earlier in the weekend, you had said you weren't feeling well. Uh-huh. And Sunday, I was, I was busy, there was a storm... I I figured you weren't feeling well, so I just let it go. I figured, all right, we'll we'll try to do it the next day. Uh-huh. The next day, which is today, is pretty much like the last day in which we could do a recording and still get it out on time. Right. And I hadn't heard from you. <laughs> and I swear to God... Half of today, Derek, I have been sitting here trying to figure out what the fuck I am going to do for this goddamn podcast by myself. <laughs> okay, uh, so a little backstory. Uh, apparently, my Hangouts just does not update properly, and uh, occasionally I will just go hours without receiving uh, the messages that I've received on Hangouts. And so I was at the gym at like, you know, five thirty ish, something like that. And I saw I had a message on my phone. Maybe it was like six o'clock. And uh, so I, I saw that I had a message from Frank at, you know, basically it was the second half of the message that said, hope everything is okay. <laughs> like, I was like, what? what, what's going on? And so I checked and I actually had a message from like noon, which I, I hadn't received. Uh, so I texted Frank back saying, no, I'm not dead. I'm fine. I mean, I just, <laughs> and this is, this is like three hours before we're supposed to record. So I will have, you know, up until that moment, sir, I was sitting here planning Frank's solo adventure on the podcast. And, uh, I quote from other people, I don't think you'd be funny by yourself. And I'm like. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Love that. That is just fantastic. Um, but see, the thing is, you're not wrong. But thanks. Uh, no, and, and the thing is, I, I think that honestly, that's that's probably the truth. But the thing is, me by myself, like that would not be funny either. I think there's this perfect combination of of your, you know, kind of playing the the straight man. And me just, you know, shouting fart jokes at you. Like, there's some there's some chemistry there that we can't capture. Like, we are something greater than the sum of our parts. Um, or uh, whatever the fuck that saying is. Uh, something greater than the sum of our parts. <laughs> See? There we go. I couldn't get there. And you you took it across the finish line. That's I said I was gonna say I had to run it across the finish line. I for got you. it to like, the one yard line and fumbled. <laughs> it's teamwork. It's teamwork, baby. That's fucking teamwork. But but literally I was sitting here like, all right, uh let's see. I'm gonna have to come up with a bit at the last second that Oh <laughs> boy. I don't this is gonna be rough, but if Derek's down for the count, I guess I'm gonna have to put the helmet on and <laughs> And drive into the trench and <laughs> do this thing by myself. <laughs> oh my god! I I'm sorry that I that I put you through so much stress, Frank. Um, <laughs> but the, and, and see, here's here's what's so frustrating is that this has happened in some you know some other you know instances, both to you and and to other people. 
like people just message me and I'll just go hours without getting messages. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do because it happens on both text and on Hangouts. So uh-huh. I, I don't know what it is. Um, and, it, and it leads to things like this. Like my sister would would message me on uh, on Facebook Messenger and I would go like 12 hours without getting a, a notification. And then, you know, <laughs> then I'll read it. And like it was something that was very much so time specific. And I'll realize that it is far, far, far beyond the time when she needed needed an answer. Um, so, yeah, that, that shit happens all the time. But uh, of all the people that it's happened to, Frank, I'm sorry. I, I feel the worst that it happened to you. Because well, as long as long as you recognize that uh, that it was worse that it happened to me than it happened to your sister. <laughs> okay, but I was ready. I was ready to soldier on without I you, Derek. Know. If, if I had to, I didn't want. I, I want to know but what, to. what what machinations you have come up with because I think that this this is a healthy exercise to go through because there may be a day where I am incapacitated, um, some sort of. <laughs> Some sort of clam and or bathroom related accident will render me uh, incapable of recording. You had the clams and then you slipped in the bathroom. <laughs> it's cause and effect, baby. Um, so, okay. If we were to to kind of spitball some ideas, what what could a, uh, a one-man work-life imbalance look like? So I was thinking that I would do a 45-minute segment called And Another Thing. <laughs> Uh, and and what would the content of this uh, generally be? And it would just be like in the style of a political rant, but it would be about something that goes on in the office. Uh-huh. But it would just be it would be not funny. <laughs> That's the thing. Like I have to have somebody to bounce stuff off of, so it would really just be me droning on for forty five minutes about shit nobody cares just about. Just kind of flitting from topic to topic, not really like you know giving any commentary on each of them. Just kind of. Saying that they are a thing. Oh right, yeah, exactly. Not not one subject for forty five minutes. No, it would just be a segment entitled "and another thing," and it would just be me talking about how much I hate Keurig K cups, <laughs> and then and another thing. See, and, and here's the other danger of that: not only would that possibly not be as funny as intended, it would actually also run through a lot of our potential material. <laughs> so, like, all the things... Yeah, that's it. I don't want to burn a bunch of material right. on shit that's not going to be worthwhile. <laughs> that would be terrible. That would be terrible. So, okay, if if we if you didn't do that one... Okay, so, well, okay, you did one. So, I, l- what would mine be uh, if I were to have to solo host the podcast? I don't know. Maybe it would be a list of, like... Uh, a 45 minute diatribe of thinly veiled uh, references to people that uh, kind of grind my gears. Maybe not even like individuals, <laughs> but just like the type of people. And eventually the last person I would describe would probably be like me. Like I would get around to, you know, essentially <laughs> summing up that I don't like anybody or that everybody is uh, equally disliked by Derek. I don't know. I hate co-hosts of shows that don't show up when they're supposed to show up. And leave their other co-host to have to host a show by himself. Yeah, like I said. Those kinds of people are yeah, terrible. Yeah, like I said, me. Uh-huh. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, even even just saying those things out loud, I can tell how horrible they would be. You know, you know actually, I take that back. I would not, it would not be a 45-minute uh, session of me, you know, bitching about random co-worker archetypes. Um, it would actually be on, like, the latest Netflix show that I had binged. So, like, <laughs> at this point, <laughs> if if you had told me, ah, oh, Derek, I'm <laughs> I'm all fucked up. I can't I can't do the podcast. I've got the <laughs> I've got the cholera. I, I would probably have gone on a 45 minute diatribe about uh, Terrace House, to be honest. See, I think uh, it, we'll keep this one in the bag, Derek. And what we can call it is Derek's Netflix and chill. <laughs> if. I'll go ahead and I'll try to get like some sexy music to cue up the segment for, and uh, and then you can just Netflix and chill. Because if there is one thing that you can distill down from my contributions to this podcast, it's fucking sex appeal. 
It's 100%. I, I have discussed more about my bowel movements than either of us have. Like, even in private, I have discussed my bowels less than I have on this podcast. Like, I don't I don't know what it is. There's something about, about talking to the people that makes me want to talk about my bowel movements. So... You're just prematurely aging because i think once you hit your 70s and 80s it's completely socially acceptable to just be like let me talk to you about my last bm <laughs> no no now i kind of want to do because i was i was talking to somebody god uh, i was talking to somebody uh, no, no, i was talking to another podcast um about uh you know potential like spin-off Who you've been talking to derek <laughs> Nobody can replace you, Frank. I'm just I'm You've been talking to other podcasts, Derek. <laughs> look, look, sometimes, you know, maybe I'm just not getting everything that I need from you. So uh there's a there's a small amount of podcast infidelity going on, but it's not they mean nothing to me. They I promise, they mean nothing. Alright, alright, Derek. We can we can see other podcasts. <laughs> as long as as long as we always come home to this podcast, that's fine. Exactly. As long as we always come home to this podcast, and as long as we can both see other podcasts, because whoa, 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 there's a whoa, couple whoa. of podcasts. That's, that's out not there what that... I said. I said I was seeing other podcasts. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Now this this isn't going to work for me, baby. No, no, no. Okay, okay. I, I'll 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 roll it back. It can be equilateral. You know, we can all we can all be a big, loving, open podcast relationship. How about that? All right. I think that'll work for me. <laughs> And that, that's good that you interrupted me because what I was going to say probably wasn't funny. So <laughs> you really kind of saved me there. <laughs> uh, Want to get to the deep dive? Yeah, now that I'm around to do it, let's go ahead and do it. <laughs> All right, this week on the deep dive, we're going to talk about not so voluntary giving, the fundraisers, donations, and pledge drives that you don't have to give to, but you have to. So, Frank. I wanted to ask you, uh, why do you think companies do this? I know there's an obviously obvious answer here, but why do companies do this where they'll have these these pledge drives and things like that where you know they they very clearly state it is voluntary, but there is some sort of stigma attached to not giving uh, and they lean so hard into it. Well, why do you think they do that? It's it's 100% I think good press. Like that's that's the major reason to do it is that for for whatever reason they're going to get good press out of this as being the kind of organization that cares. Okay, so it's not necessarily uh, just to increase the you know the monetary result. It is so that they have more people con- contributing so that they can then spin it as PR to say we are a company that is like you know you know donated this much or you know we are. You know, seventy-five percent of our our employees donate to this type of thing to uh, make themselves look better. Yeah, that is that is it in a nutshell. Like I'm, people may have noticed that I'm something of a pessimist. <laughs> what ever that is ever news. so slight a misanthrope <laughs> am I? So I know that any company is only doing anything in order to make themselves look better and or increase profits. Right. And looking better is just a methodology by which they get to increase profits. Right. It's kind of a kind of a, stu- a two-step process of increasing profits instead of just, you know, just the increasing profits part. Yeah, I I, th- I think that, you know, from the the times that I've seen this, I think that you're exactly right that essentially that positive PR that can that they can then put on you know a fucking brochure or put on a poster or something and you know really just tell people how good they are that I mean not only is that probably the primary reason for most of this but it also just irks me on such a deep level like you know I, I've donated to multiple things before like the ACLU and. Um, you know, Planned Parenthood and all that kind of stuff. Like, I've donated all these things. You don't see me stapling that to the fucking sunshine board. Like, you don't, you don't see me like p- printing out flyers for myself that I donated to these things. Uh, why do companies feel that that the only way to get positive PR is to go out of their way for some of these donations and pledge campaigns? 
Well, I'm sure it's not the only place that they get positive PR, but it's a pretty easy one because if they do a match even and they can get the employees involved, it's it's having the amount of money that that they have to put in. Okay. Cuz it's their money regardless. Right. Like if if the employer is doing a match to the amount of money their employees put in, the money that their employees put in is their money, like, <laughs> that the company already gave them. Right. <laughs> okay. So, it, you know, it's kind of coming and going at that point. Like, you know, we, we raised a million dollars and then we matched a million dollars from our, our uh, employees. You gave two million dollars and a million dollars of it came from your employee paychecks. Right. Like, that's, that's essentially how it goes. And, and as I said... Sure, I'm a bit of a misanthrope, but yeah, as you said, I think it's just the amount to which there is uh, horn tooting and that the the fact that it's voluntary, but definitely not voluntary. Like generally when you get stuck in these sort of situations, there's, you know, a meeting that you have to go to uh, where everyone is very quick to say that no one has to give. <laughs> that's That's when you know the trap has been sprung. Like when the first, exactly. when like literally above the doorway, it says you don't have to participate. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's time. Oh, God. I'll start pulling uh, out my They're going now. to lay it on pretty thick. <laughs> and, it, and it's definitely that sort of situation where it's like, you don't have to give, but what kind of no good, low down son of a bitch wouldn't give to these orphans? And that's the kind of shit they do. Like, and I understand, like, there are some really good you know, charity organizations out there that you should be donating to. Like, that is absolutely not even a question. If you have the means, you should find one that, that matches your morals, not the NRA, uh, and you should donate to them, you know, to the best of your ability. That That is something that I think that all of us that have means should do. Um, the problem that I have is, you know, basically my employer kind of twisting my arm and telling me, this is the one that we like the best. Like... Like, just for example, um, I think at this point it's pretty pretty safe to say that, like, Susan G. Komen, like, is probably, like, the worst of the worst. Because, like, 85% of their money they get does not go to helping breast cancer people. It's just... Yeah, most of their money goes to having money for them to make money. Well, like, and, and it's, it's advertising. It's just for the cycle. Like, they... they they increase breast cancer awareness by selling more ads. So essentially they, they just increase the amount of people who have heard about Susan G. Komen and do nothing for the breast cancer community. So, you know, if, if my employer was like, you know, we support Susan G. Komen and you guys need to give to it. I would say, fuck that. Like, uh, honestly, oh, yeah. I would even have a problem working for them because, you know, either that's a, either you're in on the racket and you know, you believe in this or B you didn't even do a Google check. Like <laughs> at least check, <laughs> check and see who you're donating to. Obviously most of the ones are not going to be like that. You know, yeah. a lot of them that are around here are United way and United way is, is an amazing organization. I have nothing, nothing against United way, but the, you know, you they do kind of lay it on thick. Like they, you go into the presentation and they they parade people in front of you that have been helped by United Way, and of course they are touching stories. But that's the thing, it's not it's not that these people's stories don't need to be told. It's just just the their their sole purpose for coming into this room and telling these people is to say, look at how bad I've got it, and. Only you can prevent forest fires. Like, like they are, they are Smokey the Bear well, of poverty and and homelessness. Like, and that's like even that is fine. It's just it's sort of being put in that situation where it's the hard sell. Where it's like now, if you don't give, you are definitely an asshole. Right. Like, and not everybody I understand relishes being an asshole. <laughs> like. It's not necessarily a position that a lot of people want to to occupy as they move through the world. So, so there's, you know, I'll, I'll kind of uh, change the change the direction just a little bit on this. Um, so, obviously, there are some things that are just purely um, they're they're good things to give to, but it's just 
the way that they go about it, it's some pretty not shady tactics, but you know they're they're pulling on the heartstrings a little too hard, and you know kind of going about it to where it ends up being a little bit, a little bit distasteful. Not not entirely, but it, it you know it's effective. So you know whatever it takes to get the the money to the people that need it, the kind of donation prompting uh, or you know, solicitation for donations that really gets to me, and I. I hope that nobody that I used to work with uh, at one of my previous companies hears this. There used to be this this uh, time of the year around Christmas where essentially some of our like front desk per- people, essentially they made like half or less of what the rest of us did um, because they were kind of seen as non-essential personnel and they didn't really get paychecks that uh, or, or they got paychecks that kind of lined up with that <laughs> that assessment. Um, oh, no. And so they got underpaid. They would go around and, you know, we had 150, 250 people in the company and they were essentially saying, you should all give $20 to this fund and we're going to give it to them as a gift. And my first response was, oh, fuck no. You essentially are wanting us, you're wanting us to subsidize the fact that you are shitty at paying people. No, that's, that is just... Is it is blatant? Like it is, it is. It boggles my mind that they even thought that that was okay to do. If it is, pay them a living wage. Pay me fifty dollars a year less. Like I that that kind of thing. I am one hundred percent okay with. Like if if I'm taking a, a small pay hit so that the other people in the organization can actually have a living wage. Absolutely, do it. I've got no fucking problem. Do it with twice. That. Like, I don't give a 100%. shit. One hundred percent. Yeah. Totally, but if you're that. like, man, wouldn't it be great if these people didn't have to live in poverty? <laughs> you know, the people that we're paying who work here, the people that say hi to you every be... morning, the the people that yeah. you come in and and have a smile waiting for you, and possibly have like, hey, you've got some mail, things like that. Think people that do good things for you. We're not paying them enough. So, and and the thing is. Is that they have these tactics that where you you feel like an asshole doing it because you know they will they will go like room to room, desk by desk, in front of everyone else, and have you like essentially cough up twenty dollars. Like I, I would watch people like they're going around, people are coughing up you know twenty dollars, thirty dollars, you know fifteen if they just happen to have that in their wallet. Oh, we're only paying them $9 an hour, and wouldn't it be great if everybody got together and pitched in and made it so they could have a decent Christmas? I'm like, <laughs> fuck you! Fucking verbatim. Like, like word for word, that's the kind of shit that they would say. In the middle of the room, hopefully not with these people in earshot. Oh my god, it just got me so steamed. And And the thing is, like, those people are in bad situations. Like, it very well is possible that this little bonus they got every year was what helped them buy Christmas. <laughs> that blows my fucking mind. And that that's part of the reason that I left the company. Because I was like, you're continuing to do this. You're continuing to subsidize the, the salaries of your employees with your other employees that are already making like 20% under market value. Like we were better off, but we were still like 20% under market value. And... There, there's no way that this is okay. And it kind of goes into the same way that I feel about like tipping, which I'm, I'm not going to get into that because that's, that's a whole, you know, a whole nother discussion. Um, See, we're and, getting into my, my other thing and another thing. Like, this is my bit. <laughs> there we are. We're here. We've arrived at Frank's and another thing. The, the whole point of it is if you are a company that is hiring somebody and you are relying on somebody else to subsidize their paycheck because you won't do it, that makes you a shitty person. And, you know, Tipping, donations, all that kind of stuff, those type of things all fall into that same category of if you have to get other people to to donate to these people and you already pay them, you're just not paying them enough. That's that's all there is to it. Man, yeah. this was not a fucking funny bit at all, was it? Like <laughs> <laughs> that's Frank that's... and Derek get real heated up about <laughs> Uh all right, so let, let's try to top it off with uh, with a slightly funny way. How do so? If you were to be in the situation, what's a funny <laughs> funny being obviously a uh, a slightly relative term? Um, 
how can you weasel out of it? Like, how can you get out of one of these, uh, you know, fundraisers or pledge drives or anything like that? How can you get out of it without, or if you can't save face, how do you do it and at least be funny about it? The, the, the first thing that comes to mind is the classic bit for if the uh, policeman fraternal society calls asking you for a donation is you say, I already gave it the office. Because <laughs> it's fucking delicious if you say that while you're standing in the office. <laughs> oh, God. And I mean, the, the confidence that you have to have to deliver that and, and actually like completely see it through to where they, you know, if they're like going down a line of people like asking for, you know, their donations and to sign up for it and things like that. And you literally like, you know, basically stand your ground long enough for them to walk to the next person, man, that's, that's confidence that can, that we can be proud of. (laughs) Yeah. I, I honestly, I, I can't even think of a funny way to do it. Like, because it just, I said, this is going to be a funny bit. I said, we're going to finish funny. I'm still mad. Like I'm still just, I'm just thinking like those motherfuckers. Uh, the funniest bit is Derek jumping up on his desk and just screaming "Viva la Revolution!" <laughs> I'm mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take it anymore. <laughs> Seize the means of production. Power to the people. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. We're going to have to make up for that in the second second half of this episode, Frank. <laughs> we got a lot of debt to pay off. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to entitle this one uh just really bummer episode just so everyone knows before they download it. Just just <laughs> the title is really bummer episode. That's all. <laughs> First we talk about, you know, what life would be like without one of us having the other and then we talk about how to be cheap and not <laughs> give in to the poor starving children. Boy. I wonder if I'd get sued if I use the Hulk walking away theme for our trip to accounting. <laughs> As we hang our head in shame. Oh, but let's go all the same. All right, Derek, how about time for the review retrospective? That sounds wonderful. So the first one we've got today is five stars by Big Brother B, entitled Bringing Up GBBC in an Ep, Instant Five Stars. You guys have a fantastic rapport. Your banter sounds like it comes easy, and it's like hanging out with your buds. Keep up the great work. So they they like great British baking. Always makes for a good show, I feel. Uh, even if we can't, uh, be as charming as some of the folks in the Great British Bake Off, at least we can talk about them. So, my question for you, Derek, is are you Mary Berry, or are you Paul Hollywood? I, I, I think just by the definition of our character, uh, I am Mary Berry, and, uh, you are Paul Hollywood, uh, cause I like to, uh... <laughs> And maybe the first part of this podcast was not uh, <laughs> indicative of that, but I I tend to be uh, more of the uh, the kind, loving nature, um, and I feel you are more um, in in a constant state of disapproval until someone proves you otherwise. So yeah, I I think that about sums it up. All right, so I'm the silver fox, and you're the pleasant drunk grandmother. I could do worse, Frank. <laughs> Our next is another five-star review, rolling good, rolling good, by Sean Faust. Sean Faust. (laughs) Sean Sean Faust. Sean Faust. Enjoyably deadpan. The deadpan delivery on this show is excellent. Got a chance to talk to Derek the other day and was pointed in the right direction on where to start here, and I'm glad I did. Episode 7 is so good. I'm currently listening to episode 9, then 10, etc. Consider me a new fan. So is was episode 7 like our our best episode, Derek? I'll give you one guess as to which episode I pointed it oh, to. Oh, which episode is it? I I can't think. It was the one with the most uh 
up until that point, the highest density of potty humor. Ah, okay. <laughs> it was the one with talking about uh, uh, cleanliness. Hand washing. Hand washing, yeah. That's probably some of my most <laughs> passionate work, Derek. <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely, uh, you could really tell how passionate you are about stopping the spread of penis germs <laughs> and, and other such germs. Which is not an unrighteous cause. I mean, no. All I've got to say is wash your nasty fucking hands, everybody. <laughs> and uh, I believe that is Sean Faust from uh, the What Does It Matter podcast. Been a good friend of the show. Appreciate the uh, the feedback, man. All right. And this week on the Indie Podcast Corner, uh, I I promise <laughs> I do not have a jingle for uh, for it this what time. Are you, what are you doing, but... Derek? You're killing me here. Like we promised a jingle on the last show, and by promise I mean I mentioned it and honestly expected <laughs> you to come through. Uh, and and I I swear I I tried except for the fact that uh, my uh, my guitar needs a, a nine volt battery and what I don't have any fucking nine volt batteries man your guitar requires a <laughs> nine volt battery was it made by Fisher yeah. fucking Price <laughs> no no it's made by Alvarez <laughs> it's a good it's a good guitar but it's like it's like eighteen years old so like. Maybe not quite that old. It's like it's like fourteen years old. Uh, they hadn't quite perfected electricity back then, uh, I see. so they couldn't uh, couldn't do as much with phantom power. You have to have a uh, onboard power, and it's and it's weird. It's like built into the guitar, uh, but you have to get in it to to it from the sound hole, which doesn't sound like a, a big hassle, except for the fact you have to loosen all the strings up. And I just put those strings on. Oh, that sounds terrible. And I really don't want to undo that, but I I promise. In short order, I will have uh, a jingle. I will not promise that it will be good. It will be, but it will be a jingle. Uh, and then, based on on listener feedback, uh, it may be the only time it appears. <laughs> but just a one and done, <laughs> one and done. Um, you know what else sounds terrible, right, so Derek? The words that? "sound hole." <laughs> And if you think about it, like that applies to to a lot of different. I mean, things. that applies to both uh, of us I'll in speak. this fucking podcast. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, um, I'm sorry that I said sound hole. That <laughs> does not 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 roll off the tongue as well as I thought. Um, all right, this week at the Indie Podcast Corner, it is one giant leap for geeks. Uh, this is a podcast by uh, hosts Mike C Squared and DJ Melly Mel. They discuss all things pop culture uh, in the geek world and uh, give a review for them. They are very funny and often very insightful about things uh, that are geek culture related. Um, definitely worth listening to. I've listened to, I think I'm five or six episodes back in the catalog. The The problem with them, um, and not necessarily a problem, um, problem for someone like me who uh, doesn't necessarily get to go see uh, like uh, Avengers Infinity War, uh, Deadpool. I have I am so far behind on geek pop culture that uh, anything like half the last episodes they've done uh, in the past like two months have been spoilers <laughs> and I can't listen to them. So I have to avoid them like the plague. Um, the The latest one, uh, the latest one was not uh, too rich with spoilers, uh, unless the movie Spawn uh, <laughs> is one you want to remain unspoiled for. Like um, the the Spawn from what was that? The early to mid nineties. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, and like comics and things like that. Like uh, the entire uh, Spawn universe and things like that. Um, so yeah, if uh, if you're into comics or geek culture or uh, geek movies, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, all of that, uh, they talk about it uh, quite a bit. So they are um, they're really funny to listen to, and it's a certainly a great listen. Um, once again, that is the the One Giant Leap for Geeks podcast, and you can find them on Twitter at Giant Leap Number Four Geeks. Now. Do you think I could get a cool name on this podcast, like DJ Melly Mel? I mean, I, well, and to be honest, when I read their names, because uh, I'd like heard them say them before, uh, I didn't really give a whole lot of thought to them. But then when I like 
<laughs> when I went to go look for them, uh, I was like, man, those are some cool ass names. <laughs> like we're just a couple of assholes with using our real names. Like <laughs> that's all. I mean, I <laughs> announced for roller derby, so I've got like there I've got my nom de guerre, you know, like that so I can uh-huh. bring that over to the podcast, but I I don't know if that's necessarily on brand for us. Yeah. And and the thing is, like I have <laughs> I have never had uh any significant nicknames that were uh, uh repeatable in mixed company like the the best one i think is uh is dirty d but but then again like that's that's not even that's not even like specific to just me like anybody with that has a a name that starts with d they could be dirty d so like i didn't feel quite as special um (laughs) well how about this one of these days how about because you know to stay on brand for us dj khaki And seersucker slim. So, so I, I like I like the slim. Like that's that's funny, and maybe eventually uh, it will actually be relevant. Um, the part I'm not so thrilled about is the sucker part. <laughs> that has connotations that I'm not sure that I'm I'm willing to tie my boat to. Oh, uh, but Derek, it's a it's a type of fabric that is especially popular for making suits here in the horrid, humid. Hot for seven to eight months out of the year south. Is that true? Yeah, seersucker. It's uh, kind of uh, similar to the, the fabric that you'd make pajamas out of. Oh, well, that's more, in- more informative <laughs> than I thought that answer would be. This is, where, this is just where like, I cue up that rainbow with the fucking star, like, the more you know. <laughs> Frank's useless um, fucking trivia corner brought to you by... <laughs> One of these days, we uh, I've been seeing kind of a spat of uh, of game show related uh, episodes of other podcasts. Uh, so at some point, we may have to do a game show that is uh, essentially just useless shit trivia. Uh, we may have to workshop that one. <laughs> may, not, may not be funny, but it would be revealing. <laughs> Frank's LinkedIn shit posts. <laughs> Hi, this is Two Girls on a Bench, the podcast. So we're two writers who tend to procrastinate just a bit. We like to snack. We like to talk. We don't have time to write, but we have time to do this podcast. We certainly do. Join us on the bench. Listen in. At number two, Girls on a Bench. All right, Derek, you want to get to an audience question? Let's do that. How do you tell a coworker they have body odor that is so bad everyone can smell it and they need to, you know, work on it? BT dubs, this was a woman. Sent in by Shauna from Two Girls on a Bench. Oh, wow. So we got a, got a uh, nice little double play going on. Yeah, back both, to uh, back. Yeah, because we had Trisha. Uh, I believe was it last week? It was Shauna. It was. Wow. I, I just I thought that it would be a good sort of pairing. Keep those two together and not leave them floating in the wind, separate from one another. So what they need to do is they need to bring on a third uh, host for for their podcast. Have them send in a question to uh, complete the hat trick. So there we go. So Trisha and Shauna, if you get on that, uh, they don't have to be a permanent host. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Uh, you know, you need to completely change your your podcast to to solely fit this bit. Uh, but if you were to do so, that would be wonderful. <laughs> Two girls, a Bigfoot on a bench. <laughs> See, there we go. If I had to say something that was missing uh, from their show, I think it would be um, some sort of cryptozoological creature. And... Yeah, I think that fits. Uh, anyway, uh, we were asked a question, and I believe that as uh, per the agreement that we signed when we started this podcast, I believe we need to at least try to answer the question. So, 
to keep rolling with the theme, this is where you can just begin having a conversation about the legendary skunk ape. (laughs) (laughs) And then imply that they were somehow a a part of the same family tree. (laughs) Um, You know what else smells terrible? The legendary skunk ape of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> I love that starting with the the else part because they're not going to catch up. They're not going to catch it at first, but then later on, maybe when they're driving home, filled you know in their car, which I assume has to be some sort of like Dodge Astro or something, uh, or is that a Chevy Astro, Dodge Astro, uh, whatever. They're they're crappy mid nineties van um, filled with their own stink. They'll be thinking, oh, wait, why did, why did she say else? Does that mean, and see, you know, that could be kind of a, uh, kind of a sideways way of, uh, introducing that into their minds to, to maybe do a little bit of a, a bit of a bio check, but no, in, in all seriousness, like this is a, this is a serious, <laughs> this is one of the tougher things that I think I've had to deal with, uh, in the office. Um, has this actually come up for you? It has. Uh, not for you know, not for me personally, because if there's anything that I am, I am a uh, a pleasantly smelling guy. Like that is something that is the top of my list. I I may look a fucking mess, but I'm gonna smell like I just came out of <laughs> fucking Abercrombie and Fitch. Like <laughs> I can't get the looks, but I can afford the smell. Derek, uh, we we have so. to have an intervention now. Axe uh-huh. body spray on a man your age. <laughs> this is not a good look, baby. Oh God, uh, I'll take it under advisement. That's fine. But no, I have had to have uh, a conversation about this with uh, somebody that that you know that I was uh, a manager of, um, and it was a really tough conversation because they were. The thing is, people people kind of get nose blind to the smells that. Are on themselves, like because typically, most of the time, people themselves aren't necessarily all that stinky. Like most most people know, you know, if they're an adult, they probably have a, a decent self cleaning ritual. Um, that's a really way, weird way to describe that. God bless. <laughs> I sat down um, and sort of licked myself clean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your 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 body is clean, but your your breath smells terrible. <laughs> Like one of the great cats at the Serengeti. Most people tend to, you know, if they're adults, they're they're typically hygienic. But the thing is, like, like some people have like like homes that just produce a smell. Like, whenever I was uh, growing up, we lived in this one house that that had really bad mold problems. So we didn't notice the smell of mold. But one day when I was in elementary school, some kid was like, "You smell like mold." I'm like, "Well, fuck you." <laughs> But uh, uh, but then I, I started smell to like kind of fuck think about off, it. kid. <laughs> I mean, probably at that point, uh, my response was probably something like, "You smell like the dicks you sucked" or something. I don't know. I was a very clever child. <laughs> Turnabout but, master uh, thereof. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you know, essentially, you know, I, I kind of like you know asked my teacher. I was like, "Hey, do I do I smell like mold?" She was like, "Yeah, a, l- a little bit. I mean, it's not terribly off putting, but it's but it's there." Um, so like that kind of prompted us to like, actually basically told my parents like, Hey, somebody told me I smell like mold. And we, you know, with the process of getting the, the mold cleaned and I stopped smelling like mold. Um, but people's homes, like sometimes just kind of have, you know, a scent to them and it might be self-imposed, like, like people who use a lot of, uh, mothballs and stuff. Um, you know, that, that kind of gets to me a little bit. Like whenever I walk by somebody that has, you know, mothball smell in them, like it's not necessarily a bad smell but it's just a strong smell so you know sometimes it's self-inflicted but you know people get nose blind to that so uh, i i pretty much had to kind of take them aside and say hey we're we're not trying to say that you know we don't uh that we don't like you or anything but you know you you to kind of exude a smell i, I promise it was more tactful than that uh <laughs> <laughs> can everybody gather around please all right. Now, everyone who doesn't stink like B.O., please take a step backward. Wait, not you, Eric. <laughs> oh, God. 
But no, it, it's a really difficult conversation, and I, I hope I handled it somewhat tactfully. He didn't throw a, a beverage in my face and you know didn't quit the company immediately. So you know, I, I assume everything went okay. But no, that is that is really tough because you know some people can't help how they smell, and that really is a very personal conversation with somebody. It's like, hey, that thing that you're really self conscious about. <laughs> You should be more self-conscious about it than you are. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's that's a little rough. It's a, it's a difficult conversation to have, and I will be honest. I don't think I've ever had to have that conversation specifically. But I, because I'm like I'm trying, I'm racking my brain here, trying to think of a good way to go about this that doesn't involve just like, listen, Martha, damn girl. <laughs> I'm like, can you give her a lush gift card, perhaps? And then, you know, that's nice. And now I've got, like, this money to go spend at a high-end sort of self-care boutique. But then I realized that if if this woman is of the crunchy granola variety, it might be less mm-hmm. that they're not wearing deodorant, but more that they're, like entrusting themselves to some of this uh like hippie crystal bullshit right (laughs) and and like some people are are, you know you've got allergies or whatever but a lot of people will entrust themselves to these new age sort of deodorant products and will have what i like to call a blowout at about 11 (laughs) 30 (laughs) a.m Okay. Uh, please explain this blowout concept. Uh, what I've seen is that these products will work to some extent, but mm. then it just kind of goes away. It's not like a, a gradual fading. It's like <laughs> everything is fine, and then... <laughs> it's like a little light switch has been flipped. Uh, they flipped it from, uh, from clean to stink. Exactly. Um, it's like... I'm sorry, Moon Unit, but your crystal has run out of energy here at about 11:30. I was about to say, like, there's no way that I could stink. I, I rubbed quartz on myself all, all you know, for like half an hour this morning. I, no way I should smell. God bless. Yeah i I hope that my 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 deodorant that I bought at you know Target works better than uh, some of that hippy-dippy stuff. <laughs> because uh, the last thing I want people describing about my smells is is in terms of 11.30 blowout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not something I want in uh, in my headspace. So I'm trying to think of, of some, some not-so-straightforward. Because the thing is, if you talk to them straightforward, it will be a difficult conversation. There's nothing... Nothing to be said about that. Um, obviously, we said a lot about that, but there's nothing to be said about it. Uh, essentially, you know, you kind of have to have some indirect means. And so I would say, uh, possibly, one way you could go about doing this is in some sort of greeting card form. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm not saying that this is uh, something you're going to go down to Hallmark and be able to find a, a card that says... Smell real bad, Janet. <laughs> Might want to fix that. But we live in the internet age. There are multiple services that you could use to craft your own greeting card and put whatever whatever level of tact you find uh, you find appropriate. And on top of that, you know, similar to how whenever you give somebody a birthday card or a going away card, uh, you get everybody in the office to sign it. <laughs> oh no, Derek! Ah. <laughs> So, so you get it, and then you take it around to everyone, and so essentially it operates as both a uh, you know a greeting card, but also as kind of a petition, <laughs> more or less. <laughs> Everybody pitched in together and got you this complete embarrassment that you now just have to open up the earth itself, dive in, and pull the ground back in over you. <laughs> oh God. Um, see if I, I, maybe I, I don't usually have empathy, but I have to say if someone were to hand me that card, I'm fairly certain that I would just combust on the spot. 
Like they were, they've I been agree. trying to find the secret to spontaneous human combustion, and I think we've discovered it because I would just open that card, and then I wouldn't even have to light myself on fire. There would just be a flash, and the smell of delicious pork products. And I would be no more. <laughs> Although I will say, uh, that might lead to people uh, being a little bit curious about what was in the card. Not necessarily like the like the the like what words were on it, but like you know <laughs> they have some cards that like sing to you or like stuff pop, pops out. Um, they may want to avoid the cards that like cause you to spontaneously combust. Like that, that may start a secondary conversation. Um, that's probably not, not important, not, uh, not unimportant to have. Death um, card. It's a new anime. <laughs> Just about a greeting card company that every time someone receives one of their cards, they die. <laughs> I mean, that's not a service that's, that's unwarranted. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you got to send somebody a death card. <laughs> Yeah, it's a step you know, up from the death uh, note, you know, like right, a little more personal. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I have no real uh, no real effective advice for this. Uh, it's gonna suck. You're gonna have to talk to them, uh, or or the uh, the unspoken option: <laughs> live in the stink, <laughs> learn. Learn how to love the stink. <laughs> Just learn to love Janet's personal musk. Oh, oh God. Can we talk about the word musk for a minute? <laughs> like, there are very few words that are so evocative as the word musk. And, and you know, there are, there are a lot of products, like, and maybe not so much anymore, but, like, on some of the like colognes, you know, from when I was a kid or from an adolescent, like they had the word musk on it as if it was a positive <laughs> connotation. Like, do you, you know, when you walked in the zoo and you walked by that exhibit of oxen, this is that distilled down into a liquid you can put on your own body. Like that is not, that is not a selling point, but maybe I wasn't their target audience. I don't know. The only other oh. thing I can think of that might help is if you strike up a conversation about how you don't like to eat certain food because it can be misinterpreted as a, the scent of B.O. And then just kind of leave that conversation hanging as you walk away. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, I, I, I think that's that is not... Uh, of the advice that we have given for this question so far, that is not at the, that is not on the worst side. Like that is one of the possibly two tidbits of, of takeaway you could take from this conversation. And then when you get to the other side of the building, you can just turn and yell and be like, Janet, from here I can no longer smell your stank. And see, so you also provided a very important uh, function for them because now they know what their their stink perimeter is. <laughs> it's good to have boundaries, <laughs> and by boundaries we mean the perimeter of your stank lines. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to do an issue from the internet? Let's hit it. All right. Uh, the title of this one is Best Way to Go About Fixing a Lax Attitude in the Office That I've Created. And this is by <laughs> Deleted. <laughs> so... Uh, it's already gonna, delicious since, because it's, a, it's an issue of their own making. But go on. Yeah. Uh, since they deleted their, their own comment uh, or their own post, uh, we're, we're going to go ahead and drag them and we're going to call them laxative. <laughs> uh, all right so laxative says like the title says which it doesn't really say i manage a group of 35 to 40 people and while there isn't any gross behavior or mis or misconduct going on i've noticed a lot of little things that are becoming more habitual fart humor light practical jokes i've seen instances for a while but never said anything because i don't want to be that manager in quotations that squash the fun 
But now I notice it more often, and it's starting to give me that little feeling in my stomach that it's not right and could lead to bigger, a bigger culture of poor manners and professionalism. Uh, no one has complained or anything. I just know it's not right. And I wish I would have put a stop to it from the beginning. Do you think it would be wise to have a meeting to address the overall professionalism in the office or start addressing the instances immediately one-on-one? So... Uh, I'm going to change their name from laxative to wet fucking blanket. <laughs> God damn. Man. Like, look, I get it. You want to have a an office that has a good mixture of you know professionalism but lighthearted humor. I get it. But, like, just listening to this, this guy describe it, it's like no one is complaining or anything. I just know it's not right. And I wish I would have put a stop to it from the beginning. Ugh. What a turd. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I I had something, Derek. It was all queued up, but it was completely blown out of active memory by the statement, Ugh, what a turd. (laughs) Oh, that's a much better version of the uh, the eleven o'clock blowout than we were talking about before. <laughs> so, the, like to solve this person's problem, uh, not to necessarily to to address the core problem, but to address the problem that they have established here. I think the only thing that you can do is announce loudly to everyone. That you are leaving the organization effective immediately and then go home. <laughs> but wait, not just not just leave and then go home because you're no, a terrible no. manager. I, I I see I think I see where you're going and I want to, to double check, so keep going. But then you change your clothes. You get a fake mustache. And this is especially yes! this is especially yes! if you're a woman. <laughs> They'll never expect it. And then you come in the next day and just claim that you are a new manager. Introduce yourself like, no, as no, no. Javier and say that you've you've heard that this organization has a lot of problems when it comes to laxity and professionalism, and you run a tight ship. <laughs> Unlike the previous manager, <laughs> and some things are going to change around here. I am so behind this that I am completely turned around on this issue now, because that is some straight up sitcom bullshit. Like that is, and, and the thing is, like I think you even have to go the extra mile. So essentially, if if your name is is Martin, you know, you come the next day and you. Know, you still write down your name as Martin, but you put that little uh, accent over the I. I'm now like, Martin. I'm now Martin. <laughs> I heard that Martin left the company for uh, for being a bad manager. I will not. I will not fall into the same pitfalls. <laughs> oh my god! And see, that can introduce so many more funny situations because you know you if you lean into it and you commit. I mean, essentially. Uh, it is just, you know, you, you're sucking the life out of the office for sure. Like you will, you will crush your office and make everybody leave. But at the same time, you will have, uh, just this delicious satisfaction of confusing the shit out of everybody while you go through your normal, you know, day-to-day routine, acting like you don't know these fuckers. <laughs> Derek, you have hit upon how I live my life. I have been starting to write a book. About my rules, but I think that's just, that's that's how I go about it. So, I, I get, like I said, I get the concern that, you know, um, I mean, especially somebody like myself, who is um, so very, very fond of fart humor, um, I can see that getting out of hand. Like, a little uh, light flatulence humor, um, or, you know, a, you know, sharing of some fart-related tweets between friends... That's perfectly fine, but then you get into like whoopee cushions and like uh, hand buzzers, know, spiking hand buzzers. It could probably go downhill pretty fast, um, and until you know at the Christmas party, you know somebody is uh, you know, slipping you know 
those uh, those tootin beans uh, into the into the bean dip, and before long, it's it's basically uh, uh, blazing saddles. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, is quite possibly just the just the penultimate highbrow comedy scene in any movie ever. Um. <laughs> so I'm I'm thinking to expound upon my original plan. If you really want to get this done, is you're gonna have to do a goofus and gallant. So okay, so you're I'm coming in. And and you've got now your your Javier all business persona, but then the day after you come in as a new hire, wearing like some some bad glasses and maybe some fake buck teeth, and introduce yourself as Mister Seymour Butts, <laughs> and you just yuck it up so bad that no one can stand you. And then, and now oh. you've got like you know you're playing yourself off of yourself. Okay, so I can see that. I mean, essentially, you're giving them so much of the behavior that you want to change that they become sick of it, and they're like, "Guys, we really have to, you know, to get our act together because is this what we want? Like, is is this uh, is this what they feel we deserve? This uh, this chuckle fuck." And so then, you know, so so what. I guess once uh, once that all has allowed to kind of marinate a little while, um, or marinate a little while. Um, so what's what's the what's the end game? Does he get fired and you get rehired, or like what what's the end? I game? think yeah, I think that's definitely what we're gonna have to do. At at some point, Seymour is gonna have to be terminated from the organization. and Javier is going to have to come in and say, you know i have I've taught you. As much as I can, I hope you realize that the professionalism was within you the entire time. <laughs> and uh, and then see, and then you walk out. The the only crinkle to this is if you accidentally actually get fired in the midst of right. this, because that could exactly. put a wrinkle in the whole thing. Yeah, that would be uh, very difficult <laughs> to. Uh, I think you would have to kind of like let HR in on the goof. Because uh, this is definitely something that you that you would need higher up approval. I mean, especially since you were essentially like doing their own like hiring and firing them, you know, for them. I think they need to be uh, consulted. Um, but I think if they're on the in on the goof, I think you're okay. But no, if if they're not, you are you're in uh, you're in deep shit. So I, I was thinking uh, initially, like, how would it go if you know you're you're fart McFarterson and you know going around doing. Uh, uh, I, I don't know. Um, what what <laughs> what are horrible things like? Just like walking over people's de- desks and just like farting in their file cabinet or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm gonna save that for later. <laughs> like doing things that uh, are are you know terribly uh, raunchy and bad, and then later on, essentially, you kind of like uh, you know people are are complaining to you about it. It's like it's like, sir, we don't think that's uh, how we should you know acting in this office. Uh, and essentially, you you kind of pull off <laughs> pull off the glasses of the buck teeth, and they and uh, it, it's the big reveal of oh no. Uh, I was not uh, Farty McFarterson. I was actually Javier, your real manager. And now you know how to find the balance between the yuck yucks and professionalism. See, Derek, I'm afraid of what might happen. And what might happen is this person will realize that truly they were Seymour Butts all along. <laughs> <laughs> and now all they've done is they've made it worse. See, that's that's the problem. Uh when you stare into Seymour butts, Seymour's butt sometimes stares back. And it's a risk, but if you're if you're going to win the prize, you got to play the dangerous game. You got to put it all on the line. That's right. You got to take it to the limit. <laughs> You're not gonna get me, Frank. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna karaoke that one. <laughs> I almost did, but I thought, you know what? If I karaoke that song, 
uh, evil wins. <laughs> In this case, it is not... Typically doing nothing is, is what it takes for evil men to win, but in this case, that's what it took for an evil man not to win. Hmm. Well done, Derek. Food for thought. <laughs> Want to punch the clock? Yeah, let's punch the clock. If you have any questions you'd like for us to answer on air, send them to questions at WLICast.com. You can also visit us on Facebook on... Blah. You are on a roll wow. tonight. Jesus Christ. Uh, have I done any pre-prepared... I think I introduced myself well. I think that's the only thing that I've I have read off of a screen and not fucked up. <laughs> Tonight was entirely brought to you by Dirty D. <laughs> yes, exactly. See, it all came back around. Dirty D was my alter ego that is showing uh, how, how shitty a podcast can be. <laughs> and now when Derek returns next week, they'll be like, oh, what a breath of fresh air. <laughs> and my normal level of shittiness will no longer be a, a bane. It will be a boon. If you have any questions you'd like for us to answer on air, send them to questions at WLICast.com. You can also visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash WLICast or on Twitter at WLimbalance and use the hashtag WLICast. This has been the Work-Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. And I'm Dirty D! And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you specifically to HR. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty D and Javier Hardworker. (laughs) Oh my goodness. We're just a couple of chuckle fucks. <laughs> I think I'm going to get that on the next set of business cards, Derek. <laughs> <laughs>